James Lauren with the Messiah Community Radio Talk Show. I'm so glad you're with us. If you've ever been to Orlando, Florida, you've got to see the Holy Land experience. It's really amazing. It's it's a replica of the Holy Land, the real Holy Land, and it's fascinating. We're going to learn all about it. Uh, there are the Dead Sea Scrolls we're going to learn about, and uh, a scriptorium. There's great music and food, and, and really you're going to feel like you're walking in Israel. And so joining us is a lecturer and researcher at the Holy Land Experience, uh, Dr. George Fredericks. Welcome to the program. Uh, thank you. It's my pleasure to be here this evening. It's a pleasure to have you on. I'm wondering, where else can people really go to see a replica of Jerusalem and see some really neat things? I mean, just for an example, people can go to see the Garden Tomb, the Qumran Dead Sea Caves, the Great Temple and Plaza, the Jerusalem Model, uh, and they have this wonderful scriptorium. I know you're going to tell us all about it, where it's, it's like the largest Bible collection anywhere. So uh, go ahead and take it away. We have a wonderful, wonderful place called the Scriptorium that houses the largest private collection of the Holy Scriptures in the world. We have things for all age groups. It's, uh, the Holy Land experience is not just educational, but it inspires. You, know, you can go to a lot of different theme parks, wonderful, have a wonderful time. But are you inspired? And that sets us apart in our theatrical settings. It's not just... We're here to, to give you a great day, but we're here to bring you closer to God. And I think it, that's what catches the attention of the Christian. Yeah, and I tell you what, when you're driving down the highway there and you see that huge, huge replica of King Herod's temple, it's pretty impressive. It's made out of gold, or it looks like it's made out of gold, but it just brings you into biblical times. It's so enticing. Tell us a little bit about that. Let me, let me share this with you. It's only a third of the size. Orlando said you can only build it this big, but it was really triple what you see there. Because it stands at about 60 foot tall, and actually it was 150 to about 180 foot in height. Dr. Fredericks, how does someone put something like this together? I mean, the inception, the idea, and tell us just a little bit about the history of the Holy Land experience. Uh, As far as the history, a number of years ago, a gentleman named Dr. Marvin Rosenthal, he is a Jewish believer... He came to this area, it was 1989, with a desire to preach the gospel, but in a very, very unique way. He had this concept of having a setting where those visiting the area, because he, he was well aware that, this, that the tourism was very big in the Orlando area. And not only that, uh, back in the, in the late 80s, we are talking about uh, at least a 76% unchurched person rate of people who lived in Florida. So his concept was this. Let us preach the gospel in a unique setting that doesn't frighten people, that doesn't make people think, well, it's just a church again, but take it one step farther. Bring in that entertainment, that theatrical part, but keep it biblical-based. And so he looked at the I-4 corridor, and he decided this was the place to have what he said, what he considered would be the Holy Land, and um, actually, in February fifth, two thousand and one, that became a reality. And on June two thousand and seven, Trinity Broadcasting Network, or what is known as TBN, took over, and we've been growing ever since. And there are more things on the horizon, and then the beautification, and 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 just 
It's a wonderful setting to come to spend time with the Lord and with all of the theatrical presentations. It truly is super exciting. Yes, and to my knowledge, you have the largest indoor model of Jerusalem in the world. And so, you know, I used to do model planes and things like that, but I mean, this is real detailed, and people just uh, are amazed when they see this. What kind of work went into that? 18 months, 100 people, and over 10 years of research behind it. All of the characters, all of the people, are made out of pewter. They were cast with a foundry connected to a computer-generated figure. They even had an individual who painted the eyes. So you figure doing eyes on a small character, and there were 10,000 figures painted. So it was an amazing amount of work. Yes, and getting back to the scriptorium again. Now, you are the curator over there at the scriptorium, and what does it mean to you to have one of the largest collections of the Bibles in the world and uh, and making that available to the public? How it was collected, how it was put together, and to be able to see these these texts and to see... And to hear the stories behind them, how men basically gave their lives so that you and I could have the Bible in our own language. It truly is phenomenal. Something interesting that you have in the grounds, I mean, you have biblical characters. Of course, these are actors, but they look like someone who really looks like Jesus and uh, biblical disciples and things like that. And I imagine that people who come there get very, very emotional when they come in contact with these biblical characters. They're really actors. But tell us a little bit about these people. I will tell you, I've seen people in the crowds get so emotional. They really feel like this is Christ. In fact, we actually tell the people before the Passion drama, Folks, when you see Satan, this is not really Satan. It is a drama. Please do not swat at him. Please do not hit at him, because they were actually throwing things and hitting at Satan uh, during the crucifixion scene when he would come out on stage. And we had to warn the people, it's a drama. Please remember that, because they would get very angry. You're, You're persecuting my Savior. Oh, my goodness. Well, it sounds kind of funny, the whole idea of that, but but truthfully, uh, it's so well done, and, and again, it has a real lifelike feel that you're, you're witnessing the crucifixion and all of the Holy Land that, again, people get caught up in that, and it gets very emotional and meaningful to them. And I imagine there's so many people, too, that are not saved, and they just, hey, you want to go to a theme park, and, and before you know it, uh, they get caught up, and the Holy Spirit begins to touch their heart, and uh, and hopefully that many of them would uh, would come to Christ. Yes, sir. In fact, um, many have been saved here, and and I don't think I, I think for the most part, on any given day, we might have more than half of the people in our park not a Christian. And what they're getting is, and what the original intent was, and what's continuing today, was that uh, originally first thing was to be a witness unto the Lord, both first to the Jewish person and then to the non-Jewish or Gentile, and then to for the Christian to show the Jewish roots of Christianity. And over the years, that's morphed and solidified even more on the side of being a witness to those who come into the park. And I would still say, as I said, one on any given day, we probably have, if not half, maybe even more, not Christians, and they get to hear the gospel message in a setting that does not, they, they don't feel like they're being preached at, but they're seeing it through dramas and through biblical teaching and through speaking, and they're seeing that there's more to this Jesus than just a preacher in a church 
it's real. And it's, it's an amazing sight to see people's eyes just open up and say, wow. And to have people say, it's even at the Model of Jerusalem saying, you know, this is real, isn't it? Yes, it is. And then to have an opportunity to share your faith, it's, it's just an amazing experience. Dr. Fredericks, you've been at the Holy Land Experience a long time, and as you said, you've seen a lot of people. Let me ask you, what's the weirdest thing that you've ever seen at the Holy Land Experience? And also, what is your most precious memory in being there? The weirdest thing was we, a number of years ago, had three camels. And one of the camels uh, was very friendly with the, with, with the people. And we had them out, and we would use them in various shows. And I still remember it was, it was after hours, and the security that was here at that time said someone hopped out of a car on the ramp coming off of the highway, ran across the parking lot, jumped the fence, and jumped into the cage area with the one camel. And by the time the guards got them, apparently he took a swing at the camel the camel knocked him down. The man could have been killed. The camel could have killed him. His hat was on the ground. He was sitting down in a, in a yoga fashion, head hung low, wasn't saying a word, and this camel was walking around him, just kind of huffing and puffing, wasn't touching him. As soon as we got there, the camel backed off, and we, the, the police had come, and, that, and they took him away. And and basically it was written up in the, in the newspaper that we have a new person on the police force here, a camel. Okay, that's a classic right there. <laughs> and uh, you, you never go wrong asking a question like that. What's the, what's the craziest thing that ever happened at the Holy Land experience? Now, what, what about your most precious moment? Any special memories there? They were short on little boy Jesus for the Christmas program. And we would use, at, at the end of the show the little boy Jesus would walk out with Mary and Joseph out of the front door of the temple and in front of the crowd, and the and all of the wise men would come and everything with the camels, and it would be a big end of the production. They said, we need another boy. We need a boy who can fill in, and we just didn't have one. So Amy was doing it, my daughter. And here I remember walking from the back, back lot. She would say, stop, Daddy. And she would look at the angels on top of the Qumran caves as they were doing their thing. We were behind the scenes. And she would mimic them. As soon as they were done, she would pull her hand down. She would say, okay, let's go. She would wave and she would blow kisses at the audience. And as soon as the music stopped, she put her hand down. That's one I will never forget that time. Oh, so cute. <laughs> There's so many memories that people have. I'm sure many families just take pictures and enjoy the Holy Land experience. We appreciate hearing that from you. Now, if you would just leave us by guiding us through three spots that people could visit at the Holy Land experience. One, the Garden Tomb. Two, the Dead Sea Caves. And three, uh, Herod's Temple. Let's begin with the Garden Tomb. The Garden Tomb we have outside now is set up where you can go on your own. You can pray in front of it. You can, uh, we have actually a little museum setting inside. You can go on top. They have a newer side of it where you can actually see what is seen in Israel today, the face of, of the skull at Calvary there at the Gordon Calvary site, just north of the old city of Jerusalem. Okay, next stop, the Dead Sea Caves. Okay, the outside, it's the outside portion, basically. And the, and the Dead Sea Caves, it gives you a site and an example on 
how these Qumran caves look today, how they looked in the ancient days, and then actually inside we have a special gem, and that is the upper room. And uh, it was amazing. Miss Jan encouraged them to to do it exactly like uh, the setting you'd have in the upper room in Israel today. So on the outside is the Qumran Caves, site of the finding of the greatest find of archaeology of the 20th century, the Dead Sea Scrolls. On the inside is is the site of the upper room where the disciples had that last supper with Christ. Okay, last but definitely not least, Herod's Temple. Now this is that beautiful view that people see from the highway or that gold temple. It's just so beautiful. Tell us what's inside of there. There they're going to to see Judaism at its very peak when Christ arrived on the scene. And it is grand. And actually inside, we have a gem in there. We actually have a movie theater that seats of about 100 people. And throughout the day, you uh, we currently are showing pastors from around the United States who are actually in Israel, and they're preaching and teaching the stories found in the Gospels, and they're preaching and teaching the Gospel inside of the great temple of King Herod the Great. Dr. Fredericks, thank you so much. It's a pleasure to have you on the program, and thanks for sharing with our audience what goes inside the Holy Land experience. We just uh, want to say shalom to you, and so people who have not gone there, they know where to go. Instead of saying that I'm going to Disneyland, you're saying, hey, I'm going to the Holy Land, the Holy Land experience. God bless you, and shalom. You're welcome. Shalom. Shalom.